that yes, you're, you're arguing about whatever topic it is, but the topic represents an underlying feeling. This week, we discuss conflict management, and Dr. Karen Sherman offers tips and tricks on how you and your spouse can have mm, conflicts a little bit better in the future. Stay tuned. You don't need a special occasion to give your spouse flowers. In fact, It's probably more special to get them flowers just because. If you're still not inspired, how about if we can save you $10 on your flower purchase at bloomnation.com. Use the promo code GETHITCHEDWITHBN10 at bloomnation.com, a marketplace that connects you with your local florist wherever you reside in the country. Again, use the promo code GETHITCHEDWITHBN10 at bloomnation.com to save $10 when you want to surprise your spouse with flowers. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years that's three decades. That old. That's I'm not three decades. Old. <laughs> I there's probably people listening to this who haven't been alive that long, as long <laughs> as you've been a therapist. And I'm and I say that to as a credit to your expertise, not to try to make you feel old. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's that's a credit to your wisdom that okay, you're about I'll to help. It. Okay. Uh, so Karen is the author of several books. Uh, one, for example, is Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Uh, she is also the co-author of Marriage Magic. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Karen also has her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, Karen, I don't have it written down and it's escaping me the name of it. It's called Take Five to Empower Your Relationship. That's right. You know, I have to say, I'm, I get a little uh, arrogant in my knowledge because we've done so many podcasts uh, that sometimes I don't write down all the details. Uh-huh. That's uh, okay. And I do have a little script in front of me that I, I try to get it all in there, so I apologize. Not a problem. Uh, okay, so uh, totally qualified. That's all I'm getting at. She's amazing. <laughs> Uh, and so this week, Karen, we're going to talk a bit about conflict management. But first, you have a story that you want to share. I do. Um, it was. It's. It's really a very. It, it's sort of like a silly story, but everything in my life that happens somehow, my mind always goes to okay, what relationship lessons do I have? <laughs> okay. So the other day, um, I could not find my iPad which was very upsetting to me. Um, You know, it's my iPad. I need my iPad and it's not an inexpensive item. So I try, I look around the house, I can't find it. I call each of my daughters. Did I bring it and leave it there? No. I think about where, you know, I might have been for an extended period of time where I would have brought it to do some work. I call those places, uh, my car service dealership, uh, some doctors, nobody can find it. And and I'm really upset, obviously. So then once a week, I also do Zumba to a DVD that I have. 
And I go to look for that. And lo and behold, that is missing also. And my husband says, well, that's good because you keep them both in the same place. So they must be together. And okay, fine. That's reasonable logic, but I still don't know where they are. And first, let me tell you where I keep them because otherwise the rest of the story won't make any sense. <laughs> okay. In our bedroom, we have um, a very large unit that uses we use for our holding all our clothes. And there's a space to the right of the unit before the wall where we put the leaves for our dining room set to expand this uh, mm-hmm. table. And so I put the items that we're speaking about down on the floor in between that space. And it's not there. It's absolutely not there. I've emptied that entire area. So I go downstairs and we live in a split level home. And my husband says, calls me, he says, Karen, come up. And I said, what? He says, no, 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 you need to come up here. Okay. So I go trudging up the several flights of stairs and he says, I want you to look at where the iPad normally would be. And so my eye goes down to the floor and it's not there. He says, now keep looking, just bring your eye up. And lo and behold, there is the iPad and the Zuma DVD on the top of the leaves. (laughs) It's right there. And it's like, oh my God, how could this be? I mean, I've been looking and looking. It's only maybe two and a half, three feet above the area. So obviously I was so focused on the spot where I hold it that I didn't look around. I didn't change my focus. So then I thought to myself, okay, so what does this mean to me? What, what does this tell me? And here's what I came up with. Okay. Number one, that sometimes we are so focused on something that we miss what's around us. And what meaning does that have for relationships? Well, a lot of times it would be perfectly normal to not be pleased with your mate. It's a very normal thing that happens. Mm. But then if we keep focusing on that, if we keep harping on that, then that's all we're going to see. We're going to forget the rest of why we're in the relationship, what's good about our mate. And the other thing that happens is we know that whatever we focus on expands. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to focus on something that our mate did that really upset us, we're going to see more of it. The other thing is that if we start talking about it, since research shows us that misery loves company, Mm -hmm. we're going to find other people who have many stories to share about their mates. And before you know it, again, you're going to be focusing on the negative and get more and more disgruntled. So, you know, I just sort of felt like, wow, what a great little example of how we need to step back about our mate, about things in life, and look at the big picture and not get so caught up in the minutia mm-hmm. or on one little detail because that really can act as a disservice to us. Yeah. So I wanted to share that. That's, uh, that's, I love that you were able to tie that into what you focus on grows and because I think that is important. And I, I love how you also tied it back into uh, you, you always have um, marriage relationship uh, on your brain and, yeah. <laughs> and how things translate. And it is because this is, um, uh, you know, I've read a bunch of books on um, on creativity and 
flashes of inspiration and things like that. And it is, it's like, why does somebody in Silicon Valley come up with this idea and it's not somebody in, you know, some other part of the country. It's because that's, it's on their brain all the time. And so two people can look at the same thing, but one person looks at it with this marriage mentality. And the other person looks at it from a ones and a zeros and they mm-hmm. come up with two different flashes of inspiration for that exact same thing. All right. So here now I'm going to spin off of that. Okay. And so two people in a relationship have very different backgrounds, have different personalities. And so they're going to see the world differently. And it doesn't mean either of them are right or wrong, but it is going to create a conflict at times. And so that is part of the reason that they are going to have a problem and not because either one of them doesn't care about the other. Yeah. Yeah. And for example, one spouse might see an iPad sitting on top of the leaves and the other <laughs> one might not. And your right. and your husband did an excellent job of not throwing it in your face of, I can't believe you didn't see this. Um, right. He approached it in a almost humorous manner of letting you have that sense of discovery for yourself without yes. trying to rub it in. And yes. so I you know, we'll launch into the conflict management part of this. So why, why is it that couples get into conflicts? Because they're people. And because, <laughs> because they're going to see the world differently. They have different perspectives. They've been brought up differently. They have different emotions. And so it's very normal to have conflicts. Okay. Now, are there any general rules on how to handle a conflict? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, There are several rules, which a lot of people tend to forget, because when you're in the middle of emotions, that will override your clear thinking. Uh, But if you can sort of hold to these, it'll make it a lot better for things not to get out of hand. So one thing that you want to make sure you you don't do is you don't want to attack your partner. You don't want to say, you know, you did this and you did that, because once you Um, use that phrasing, a person will normally become defensive. And once they become defensive, they're not going to hear the rest of what you have to say. Um, So, you know, perhaps a little bit later on, we'll talk about things that um, a couple can do to um, deal with a conflict. So I'll hold that for afterwards, but you don't want to, you don't want to attack the person. Another thing that would be disadvantageous is name calling. Now, a lot of people think, you know, saying to your partner, oh, you know, you're you're such a bitch or, uh, you know, you're a, a louse or something. Those are obvious name calling. But if you say to your partner, you're lazy um, or, um, you know, you're so arrogant, those are name calling as well. Mm-hmm. Any kind of a put down um, should be avoided. Um, a third thing that Uh, really is not a good idea is to stay away from global or generalized words like never, always, Mm -hmm. because in life, it's very rare that anything is global. And so once you do that, your partner is going to sort of disregard what you've said. Um, So again, in order to be heard, because that's that's what you want to be heard to get your point across, it would be better if you use words like frequently, this happens or um, often, uh, this is what I'm noticing. So when you when you say I'm sorry to interrupt. So when you say something like why never do this instead Mm -hmm. of them hearing 
what it is that you're talking about, they then start rummaging through their brain of like, no, Correct. I remember you that's doing right. this. Yeah, okay. that's right. Okay. So what you could say is, you know, um, I don't think that I do this too often. Um, or if you want to say that the mate has done something, uh, you know, like, well, you know, you never get home on time. So the person immediately disregards it because mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's not true. Yeah. So you could say, you know, a lot of times you don't get home on time. Um, so again, stay away from the generalizations. Um, another thing is you want to stick to the point of the argument. Um, let's say that um, uh, you had made a date to go out with friends and um, your mate was not so thrilled about going out with them. And so on the evening of the, you know, the appointment, mm -hmm. your mate was, you know, sort of not acting so nice, not really participating, whatever, and you end up having an argument about it. But then they say, and you know, uh, when we went out with uh, Joe and Mary, you did the same thing. As a matter of fact, when we go to my family, blah, 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 and all of a sudden they're bringing in everything. Mm -hmm. Well, again, uh, that's going to just end up working against you because you're going all over the place now. Well, so yeah. with that, I want to ask you, um, there – so if somebody brings up a second item or a third item when mm -hmm. they shouldn't, uh, there's still clearly conflict there that needs to be, be resolved yes. in that second and third. So do you unpack those in, at separate occasions? Do you put a pin in it and say, you know what, uh, or you it, mentally, I'm guessing, because you don't even want to bring it up in that conversation, mm -hmm. right? Is, is that how you would handle it? I, I think the best way to handle it would be you discuss the particular thing that's bothering you and you can say, um, this is something that I have felt on, you know, on a couple of occasions. But because, again, when we start to, as you said, unpack it, and, I, and that's a word that I use also, what we're going to be getting to is not so much the particular incident that happened, but what your feelings are underneath so when you're unpacking it, when you get to that part of it and you're trying to resolve it, what you're going to do is say, you know, so the situation that just happened with um, Bill and Jennifer, um, really, yes, it bothered me, but it really has more to do with a feeling that I have, that I have felt on a number of occasions. And, and that's what I really want to talk to you about, because arguments are not really what you're arguing about. Um, I heard that from Sue Johnson, mm -hmm. uh, who's a leading uh, therapist, and it really caught my ear when she said it. And when I started listening to my couples in the manner in which she suggested, it really made a difference. That yes, you're, you're arguing about whatever topic it is, but the topic represents an underlying feeling. And this is kind and, of the basis for EFT therapy, emotionally focused yes, therapy? yes. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So um, again, in the moment of the conflict, you want to stick to the point. But when we talk about the resolution, which we're going to get to in a little bit, then we're going to dig a little bit deeper and and get to what's underneath the conflict. Okay. Okay. All right. So okay. So we've mentioned don't attack, stay stick to the point. Don't use generalizations and don't name call. Um, and then I'm going to say don't stonewall. Ah. And Stonewall is basically where you're not responding or you walk out. Um, and 
I'm generalizing now. I'm stereotyping. A lot of times guys do that more than women, not necessarily 100% because mm-hmm. nothing is total, you know, sure. 100% one way or the other. Um, a lot of times that's done just sort of like to take a breather or because you don't know what to say. However, the message that comes across is you're abandoning me, you're walking out of the room, or I don't matter, you're not even in this discussion. So you would be better off saying, I need a breather. Mm -hmm. We'll come back to this in a few minutes. Or I don't know what to say. But you don't want to stonewall because that really does not send um, a message to your mate of, you know, I'm here with you. So those would be the things that I would say are the absolute no-nos. And I would add to that because I think part of this is you being the one that wants to approach your spouse and they stonewall you. If they do tell you something to the effect of, I don't know what to say. I need a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. I think you have to give them those couple minutes because a oh, lot of people are like, no, 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 we're going to talk about this now. And it's like, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to give them that time. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, it's disrespectful. Because if they said to you, I, I can't talk about it now, I need a few minutes, and you say, no, 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 you know, I have to talk now, you're, you're being disrespectful of their needs. And second of all, it's going to be ineffective. Mm-hmm. If they're not ready to speak, then forcing them to speak is going to go nowhere real fast. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That being said, if the person who is reticent or hesitant to speak at that moment doesn't come back in a timely fashion. Yeah. And that's not fair either. Well, we've, I think we've talked about this in the past yeah. where mm-hmm. when we put a conversation like this off, the one of the best things you can do is actually to set that time. So can we talk about this after dinner or can we talk about right. this tonight before we go to bed mm-hmm. so that you have it kind of mentally in the books? Right. Right. Um, okay. So uh, don't attack, stick to the point, don't generalize or globalize the conversation and don't stonewall. That was, that was all the points, right? Uh, right. Did we say, uh, and don't name call. Did you put that in there? Oh, don't name call. Yes. That was the first okay. one. Okay. I didn't mention it, but yes, you're right. Don't name okay. call. Um, okay. So then uh, these are the general rules of how to handle a conflict, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, m- aren't even sure like this is the thing marriage is an intimate relationship that a lot of people don't like to share information on and we we hear it all the time don't judge a book by its cover you don't know what's going on behind closed doors etc like there are so many (laughs) sayings of that nature we don't know what the hell is normal right right so is it normal to have conflict or is it not normal to have conflict like i think people don't even know that it's absolutely normal to have conflict. Okay. Um, and when people say that they never have conflict, then that sort of uh, is a big question mark in my mind. Now, understand, there are degrees of conflict. Mm-hmm. So I'm not suggesting that people should have an all-out battle where they're throwing things and screaming at each other. But a conflict is a disagreement where you know, you're not seeing eye to eye. Uh, but when you say to me that we have a relationship where we never disagree, everything's fine, but it's like, really, how can that be? You know, um, that sort of says to me, are you afraid to be um, at differences with each other, to express your differences to each other? Um, so, yes, it's absolutely normal to have conflict. And not only that, but conflict can actually bring you closer to each other. Mm-hmm. Well, it, uh, conflict will inevitably result in a better understanding. 
That's correct. Uh, that's that's why it brings you closer. And I I think part of it in you you were using the words is uh, language is so loaded with meaning and uh, I nerd out and listen to a whole bunch of journalism stuff and read a whole bunch of journalism stuff and every time you know when let's just say like we're talking about ISIS or something like that it's are they Islamic terrorists are they terrorists are they you know militia are they you know like language matters Mm -hmm. it's very Mm -hmm. very important and when you say conflict I think there has to be a definition of what do you mean by conflict? And right. you mentioned that you were talking about disagreements. Right. Because it doesn't have to be, and this is another word, it doesn't have to be a fight per se. Because I would argue that uh, Jess and I, we have had conflict. We have had fights. It has been a very long time. And I credit being a part of this podcast every week as part of that, because I try to practice what we preach here. And while we have disagreements, I can't remember the last time that we had an actual, what I would say, conflict Mm -hmm. or fight, Mm -hmm. but they definitely have had disagreements. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think it's, you know, what do, what do people mean by conflict? So um, again, it doesn't, have to mean an all-out brawl Mm -hmm. but if you tell me that the two of you never disagree on things then i'm saying hmm that's a little strange honestly that sounds boring too to be totally honest as a matter of fact i when i was in high school i had a girlfriend who uh we wound up breaking up because like i there was she was a wonderful person like I, I have nothing but good things to say about her, but I was bored because she mm-hmm. agreed with every single thing mm-hmm. I said and wanted to yeah. do. And I was like, oh, it just she she bored me essentially. Which sounds yeah. that's a terrible thing to say, but I think she was just trying to be overly pleasing. Yes, and that, and I guess as well. And it was and it anyways. Um, not listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. She was upset with me. Um, <laughs> um, but if she is listening, I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt you. Uh, and I'm hope I hope for your happiness. Okay. Um, so okay. So then let's move on. Let's talk about how do we resolve these things? How do we resolve conflicts? Okay. So. First of all, you want to wait till you're both emotionally calm, because if you're not, the emotions are still going to get in the way and you're going to still get into a conflict over it. I said a few moments ago that emotions override clear thinking. So how can you really unpack or look at the situation if emotions are still getting in the way of one or both of you. So you wait till you're both calm. And then basically what you want to do is you want to go back and see where there was a misunderstanding, either in the behavior or in what was spoken or what was, you know, what was done, what was not done. And you have to understand, as we've already alluded to several times, that you're two different people. So you're going to have two different perspectives. And, you know, as I tell my couples very often, if we were outside and there was a car accident and the police came along to take our description of what happened, we would have three different versions and it wouldn't be because anybody's lying. It was just because we're three different people. Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's a matter of seeing things differently. And so part of this unpacking is to come to understand how the other person saw it, which becomes very enlightening. You're now learning about your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, Things that you 
may have thought, oh, I know this. I know exactly how my, you know, my, my wife or my husband thinks about this. And you may not, you know, don't assume that you know it. I'm still after being married 40 years. I'm still learning things about my husband that I don't know. And he of me. Um, so the first part is, you know, when this situation happened, how were you looking at it? How were you seeing it, perceiving it? But then the more important thing, and this really is very, very important. Okay. And this goes to what Sue Johnson was talking about. When this happened, this is how I ended up feeling. Because that is getting down to what meaning it had for you. And when you can start to talk about that and reveal that about yourself, and your partner hears that, your partner doesn't mean to hurt you. Mm -hmm. That was not the purpose of the argument. Each person, when they're in the argument, was sort of like protecting themselves. So when I hear that what I did made you feel like you didn't matter, oh my God, I love you. I don't want you to feel like you don't matter to me. I only did so-and-so because I thought that, you know, it wasn't important to you, that my feelings didn't matter. And once you start to really be open with each other and vulnerable with each other, mm -hmm. then it really serves to connect you, to really um, allow you to be more loving, compassionate, and understanding towards each other so that the conflict really brings you closer to each other. Mm -hmm. That level of understanding... I think is so exciting too. And, mm -hmm. and discovery is so exciting. You, you mentioned how you still find new things about your spouse after 40 plus years. Um, I get it. Jess and I, ha we have this not all the time, but relatively frequently where I'm like, really, you, mm -hmm. you did that. Or you think that like, that kind of surprises me. And then I, I'm immediately engaged again. Oh, mm -hmm. well, why do you think that? Where, where did right. you hear that from? Like, when did you do this thing? So um, there's an excitement around that constant level of discovery. Right, right. Um, okay, so then it, are there any special extras that we want to throw into this conflict management conversation? Yes. There's one myth I want to bust and one other piece that I want to share. The okay. myth is a lot of people say don't go to bed angry. Okay. And that's not true because – if you're staying up because of this idea of, no, 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 we can't go to bed angry, we can't go to bed angry, what's going to happen is you're going to stay up, you're going to stay up, you're going to stay up, and you're just going to be tired, 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 and then that's going to drain you even more than the emotions already have, and you're going to get nowhere. So you're better off just each saying, look, it's late, we're getting tired, we're not resolving this, let's just decide to table this till tomorrow and we'll pick it back up. Now, you know? and long Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, now, with that... Uh, do you, I'm, I'm guessing it depends on like how heated things got before this point, but do you sleep in the same bed? Do you, is it, is it, would you advocate creating physical space where one person no. like sleeps on the, okay. No. Because I think I, that's I, another I, thing too, is like you see this depicted all the time in, you know, pop culture, TV, movies, etc. Fine. I'm grabbing my pillow and I'm going to go sleep on the couch. No, I think that if you both agree, like, you know, look, you know, we're upset, this needs to be discussed, but we're just tabling it for now. There's no reason anybody's got to go off in a huff. Mm -hmm. You're in this together. 
And it's just that you're deciding to put it off a couple of hours so that you can both go to sleep. This is not a war, you against me. We've got to just sort of figure this out. Mm -hmm. So no, I wouldn't say, you know, go sleep in another room. Um, The other thing that I want to say, and this is really, really important. um, If one of you somewhere along the line, or, or either of you, have told your partner something that is very personal, where you've really opened up, been vulnerable, revealed yourself, that cannot be brought up in the middle of an argument. That cannot be used as a way, as ammunition. Now, when we're hurt and when we're angry, you know, you just sort of like, okay, all's fair in love and war, and you just sort of throw it out at the other person. Mm -hmm. Very, very dangerous because the person who has told it to you has entrusted you has really given you this piece of information in a very special way. They've, they've opened themselves up. They've made themselves very raw to you. And if you throw it back in an argument, you have betrayed them. You have basically sent the message that they cannot trust you. So that material is off limits. Mm-hmm. You cannot throw that back at them. Okay. And that's a good point because recovering from that level of betrayal is an entirely different episode, <laughs> podcast episode to talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, you, I love that you brought up the myth buster um, of, you know, don't go to bed angry. We actually have a myth busting episode somewhere back in the archives. So if, if you are curious about other things uh, like that, that you've heard that we've busted, um, go back and listen to it. And I don't know if that one's on it or not, Karen. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it and see what we have. And maybe we'll have to do another freshened up episode of Marriage Mythbusters. Okay. <laughs> um, well, this was this was great, Karen. Um, tons of conflict management skills, including the general rules of don't name call, don't attack, sticking to the point, don't generalize, and don't stonewall. Um, and I think you brought it home with remember that you're on the same team together. Yeah. Right? Like respect your spouse. You're trying to resolve this issue. You're not in a war. You're you're yeah. both trying to find this happy place together. I hope so. I hope so too. And and uh and disagreement is normal. Absolutely. Uh and dare we say healthy because mm-hmm. it's through that disagreement that growth is possible. Yes, and if we want to go full circle, don't focus on just the one little argument. Step back, look at the whole picture. That's true because you're right. It's perspe- perspective matters, and when you put think you you know you put you talk about your 40 year marriage in perspective, like how ridiculous would it seem to get so upset about some little thing about socks being left in the living room or something like that, right? Well, I don't know. You know, the socks in the <laughs> maybe. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, I uh, I will promise to keep my magazines picked up, and um, I'm sure your husband keeps his socks out of the living room. He does. He does. Um, well, this was fantastic. Thank you so much, Karen. We will wrap it up there. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, really appreciate your time. 
Thank you, Steve. Uh, and I want to remind everybody that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman. You, she can be found at her website, drkarensherman.com. Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She's the author of several books, including Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. She has her own podcast on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Your Empowered Relationships. Again, this information can be found at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can Get links to this stuff on our website, hitchedmag.com. We have an experts section on our homepage. Click that. You will find Karen as well as some of the stuff she's written in the past. A lot of people don't know this, that Karen has some articles up on our website as well. You can also access a deep archive of podcasts. Um, we're getting close to 400 episodes now, which is pretty Ooh. yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, when you think about we only do this weekly uh, and we're approaching so uh, congratulations us <laughs> and uh, until next time that is going to do it so one last time thank you so much Karen and you Steve alright uh, that is going to do it take care everybody